Welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. I'm your host, Stephanie, and it is author spotlight number eight. I am so excited to have you here from Nicole Zazowski, and she wrote the book From Lost to Found, Giving Up What You Think You Want for What Will Set You Free. And there's so much goodness in this book. We talk about how this book got delivered to me the week that I went through my miscarriage and those two weeks after I really clung to everything Nicole talked about in her book because she has battled infertility and has had multiple miscarriages so it really connected with me so strongly and we just had such a lovely conversation this is part one of that conversation Nicole is talking about clinging to hope in the midst of loss choosing hope and choosing hope even when it's hard and clinging to the idea that hope is actually a good idea. So I really think you're going to enjoy what Nicole says here. She's a fabulous speaker, so encouraging, and I just really enjoy everything she talks about. I know it's going to lift your spirits today and remind you that God is good. We can cling to him. We can trust in him. We can hope in him. So here's part one of my conversation with Nicole. Hi, Nicole. Welcome to the podcast. I'm so happy to have you here and welcome to 500 Seconds to Joy. Oh, thanks for having me, Stephanie. I'm really excited to be here too. Yes. So everybody, this is Nicole Zazowski, and I am so happy to have this lovely author here. Nicole is a marriage and family therapist, and she helps clients experience joy and peace outside of their circumstances. And if you have been listening to my podcast for any amount of time, that is something I am all about. And uh, she wrote the book, From Lost to Found, Giving Up What You Think You Want for What Will Set You Free. So I'm incredibly honored to have you here, Nicole. And we're going to talk about trusting God in the waiting and clinging to his promises, choosing hope joy and abundance. We have a great show in store for you all. And um, could you just start, Nicole, by introducing yourself and just sharing the message behind your new book, From Lost to Found? Like, who is this book written for? Who should be reading this book? Absolutely. Um, So like you said, my name's Nicole. I'm a marriage and family therapist. I'm also a wife and um, mom to two young boys. Um, And I recently released uh, from lost to found, giving up what you think you want for what will set you free. Um, And really it's me discovering for myself what I knew to be true for my clients. Um, I had no idea that I was living a very protected life, um, a comfortable life, but really a life that I had built with my own two hands through performance and perfectionism. Um, And it wasn't until I encountered my own season uh, that could largely be characterized by change and loss um, that my fingers were pried off of those comforts, which was a really painful experience um, when those things failed that I had relied upon really since childhood. Um, But I realized then that only empty hands are open and my hands were open to receiving a peace and joy that was outside of circumstance. Um, And that was something I was really passionate about helping others find, but didn't really realize that I was living 
outside of that freedom for most of my life, um, personally. So, um, then I started writing about it and processing and talking about it and realizing that this is a theme in all of our lives. We all confront things we cannot change. I think 2020 has, if, if we hadn't mm. before now, I yes. think 2020 has solidified that. Totally. Um, you know, things we can't control but would love to, um, pain that we wish were different. Um, and we all have things that we tend to grab hold of, either to numb or to kind of, I call them false securities, you know, or defenses or idols, whatever word we want to put in there. But things that we tend to cling to um, really instead of Christ. And then this, the book really, I go first in sharing my own story with what this has looked like for me. But the book is really meant to process what this looks like for you as the reader. So it's meant to be applied, you know, to your own version of your specific pain that you've experienced, um, your specific defenses, and then ultimately the truth that will set you free and then how to walk that out, no matter if your circumstances change or not. Mm -hmm. Yes. And before we recorded, I, I shared with you that, this book literally got delivered to me um, mm -hmm. right in the midst of finding out about my miscarriage. And I think um, because you talk about that in the book, I was kind of like, okay, God, like you're helping me process this mm -hmm. right now through your story, which is so powerful. And I think, like you said, going first and really sharing from your own life, just the vulnerability and honesty about things, just the honesty about performance and the striving, which I totally identify with as kind of a type A sort of recovering perfectionist. Sure. Um, <laughs> you know, it's hard. We cling to that achievement. There's so much we cling to and we're all guilty of it because we're all sinners. But luckily God is so merciful and good. He forgives us and invites us back into a relationship with him. And so part of that relationship is trusting him and just mm -hmm. believing that he's good anyway. And I've had to wrestle with that with, you know, the miscarriage and then with my mom's cancer, which, um, that diagnosis happened about a year and a half ago and it's been a oh, lot of ups sorry. and downs. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Yeah. It's been, you know, it's been a lot. And then 2020, like you said, for everybody, we've all experienced loss in some way. It could be, loss of life. It could be loss of job. I mean, whatever it is, loss of control, loss mm -hmm. is just hard. And it is. And how do we, you know, how do we trust God? You talk about this in your book. Um, you know, this trusting of God when we are waiting on his promises mm -hmm. and when things aren't really turning out the way we had planned. Like we had an idea in our mind of what our life was going to look like mm -hmm. and it's going totally differently. Mm -hmm. It feels like God is just not even there or he's not listening or what is happening. I mean, we all struggle with that at some point or another. And I'm sure a lot of us have this year in 2020 because of just so much uncertainty and loss of control. But how can we really trust him when we're waiting on him? Like when we're waiting in that, like, patient sort of trust? Like, how do we do that in our lives? How have you done that? And how do you help your clients kind of walk through that? Yeah, there's so many elements to that question. Um, and it's such a good question. 
and one that I continue to wrestle with. I think it's not, Mm -hmm. you know, a quick fix kind of answer. But I, I think hope becomes a complicated relationship when you are in the midst of waiting, when you're trying to trust God, when life does not look like you hoped it would. Um, that courage to have hope and to trust that God is good and that um, this idea that hope is a good idea and not just an avenue of disappointment can yeah. be um, a really big uh, struggle. And I think um, a, a phrase that I return to again and again is that we hope not because of what we will receive, but because of who we will receive. Um, And and that who being a capital W, um, God, I I think, you know, the the Bible is clear that hope will not disappoint. Um, Mm. even, Even, you know, there's that verse in Romans, you know, where it talks about how the struggle leads to perseverance and, the, you know, and mm-hmm. lists all these things. And then it ends at hope and it says, hope does not disappoint. Um, and, and the implication is not because we always get what we want, but because hope ushers us into the presence of God. Um, and I, you know, I think about the Beatitudes, right? It's all of these, what we as humans would consider negative experiences, you know, meekness and mourning and, you know, all these things that we tend to avoid in our human experience. And yet God says you are blessed um, because they allow you to receive more of Christ. Our fingers are pried off of what keeps us numb so that we can receive more of his comfort um, and more of his boldness, more of him. Um, and that I'm not making light of the the fact that the experience is painful. Um, the feelings are absolutely real and we need to talk about them. And in fact, I think vulnerably being honest about your feelings is one of the ways that we can receive more of Christ in that place um, because he meets us there. But um, there's a difference between feelings being real and feelings being true. Um, Mm. And I think being able to hold in one hand, yes, my feelings are real and they are valid. um, But this is what I know to be true about who God is. This is what I know to be true about my identity and my security and God's economy, and that I can hold both of those. Um, and, you know, for me, another another idea I, I keep in mind and hold in my heart is, you know, God is not the author of my suffering. Um, he's mourning with me. He is grieving with me. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I feel sad that... Um, that the way that I pictured my life isn't what, you know, he planned. Um, Mm -hmm. And the discrepancy there can be really painful. And I still don't understand some of those things. Um, But I do know that 
he didn't cause the story. I've had now had five miscarriages. Um, mm. he, he didn't cause that story, but I know he loves me way too much to waste it. And he has written his story of redemption. And I think he does this for all of us into a story that I would have never chosen for myself. Mm-hmm. So powerful, Nicole. And I think I wrote a few notes. I always do this when I'm talking to people. Um, because I don't want to forget it. So I just, I feel so uh, strongly about the idea of choice. So this courage to have hope, believing Mm. that hope is a good idea, and then choosing hope and choosing to trust. Choosing, I think that's something I've learned in the midst of my mom's cancer journey is just the choosing. I think there's so much power there just deciding that Mm -hmm. you're going to hope anyway, even though you might be disappointed. Um, What's the alternative? I think about that sometimes. Well, what's the alternative? Just being negative all the time? No, that's not what I want for my life. So yes, the feelings are real. Yes, the pain is real. But I also like what you said. I wrote this down too. There's a difference between your feelings being real and the feelings being true. And like you say in your book and just – you know, the idea of scriptural truth. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel strongly about that. And I know you do too. You know, the Bible is where we get our truth. So it's mm-hmm. not that it discounts our feelings. I like that you said it that way. We have to feel our feelings. And Jesus wept. Jesus felt mm-hmm. sadness. He felt all the range of human emotions because he's human. He's God at the same time. Um, which blows my mind, but anyway, (laughs) (laughs) that's another conversation, (laughs) right? That's a whole other interview. Um, but yeah, just the idea of knowing that it's okay to feel those feelings. I've talked about that with other people where it's like, you know, us moms have a hard time feeling angry Mm. and it's not, it's, it's the feelings are normal. The feelings are good. The feelings are healthy, but the issue is when we enter into them and pretend like they're the truth instead of clinging to God's truth Mm -hmm. and the gospel truth. Um, And so, you know, how, how do we do that? How do we cling to God's truth? You know, what are some of your personal favorite like Bible verses um, that you go to when you're having a hard time, you know, choosing hope and choosing to believe that God is good Uh, What are some of those favorite verses of yours? Yeah, um, I have, I have a few. Um, There's, as you were talking, I was thinking about Lamentations um, chapter three, because the first, I would say half of that chapter is very much a lament. It's, it's the author feeling the feelings. It's, you know, the honesty behind the pain. And then what I love about it is it's not like, and then there was a change in circumstance and now I am celebrating. The, the author says, and this I call to mind. Um, meaning that yes, the feelings are important to express, but I am going to call to mind who God is. I'm gonna to call to mind his character. Um, and I'm gonna to call to mind what I know to be true about the specific feeling I'm carrying, whether it's inadequacy, whether it's feeling unworthy, whether it's feeling unsafe. Um, That has been 
it's kind of an unusual Bible verse because um, mm, I, like I don't it. think we spend a ton of time in Lamentations, but it's it's been a, a comfort to me. Um, another one is just Ecclesiastes chapter three, you know, um, where Solomon, it almost looks like a ledger. You know, there's a time to reap, a time to sow, a time to, you know, and I think going back to what I was saying about the Beatitudes, I think our tendency is to sort of say, okay, um, all the learning and growing happens on the pain side of that ledger. And then we sort of hold out for the joy side of that ledger where we just get to kick back and celebrate. And Mm -hmm. I actually think um, that, yes, there's learning and growing in pain. Absolutely. Um, but there's also joy there and, um, that there's great celebration in that place. Not, not about, um, the thing, obviously, whatever that suffering thing is, but, um, you know, that, that we can, we don't have to be thankful for whatever that is, that we can be thankful in it, um, Mm -hmm. because of the intimacy we find with God in that place. But then also that there's great learning and growing in the celebration too. So when I'm tempted to kind of see a season as one way or the other, um, I remind myself that, no, God is moving um, in this season that I wouldn't choose. And and God is moving in the seasons of celebration too. Um, Mm, So good. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously there's so many encouraging verses out there, but those are two that come to mind that I, Mm -hmm. I return to a lot. Yeah. I like Lamentations and I was just reading something came to my email about some devotional about or book about Lamentations. I forget what it was, Mm. but it was basically saying that we need to lament. Yes. Like that's actually a powerful part of our human experience is the lamenting. And then I wrote this down actually, as I was reading your book, um, I was saying, you know, you write about the both and joy and grief can coexist. And actually in chapter, let's see what chapter this is. Um, chapter 11, calm storms. Mm. Um, you say, no, Jesus's presence does not eliminate our pain, but it does change the pain. Mm-hmm. We can be in pain and at peace at the same time. Mm-hmm. And what's incredible about that is over these last two weeks, I have experienced that. And the only explanation is God. Mm. I mean, there it makes no sense to have a miscarriage and still feel at peace mm-hmm. and feel sad about losing the baby. I mean, it's yeah. just... It has to be God. And mm-hmm. so I really, I underline that. And I put a star next to it. Like, this is so true. This is so good because our human experience, like you said, it's not just, you know, the joyful moments, the fun, exciting moments where we're celebrating God. We can celebrate him in the midst of loss. And it doesn't mm-hmm. mean that we're happy about the loss, like you said. No. But it means that we're rejoicing in God, our Savior, because, you know, that's who gives us that peace. That's who gives us our joy. Okay, that's the end of part one. Head on over to part two if you have a few minutes. It's so good, friends. Bye for now.